Hello, this is Jason E. Welcome to the Trading and Ascension podcast. Let me lay down a couple truths and you'll quickly know whether you should stick around or just move on. Within the known but hidden reality of your life is a version of you that is a master day trader, reaching all of your goals. And part of my life's purpose is to guide you through the personal and spiritual growth journey, revealing that version of you directly towards consistent profitability. And we do that on every episode. How? Well, on every show, our time is invested into unveiling transformative insights, the kind that that spark a fire within you and empower you to take immediate psychology-based actions that help you express the best version of yourself. That's boring. You're boring, everybody. Hey, thinking that? Get out of here. <laughs> Look, this is not entertainment. This is going in for goal attainment. Now for today's episode... Today, we have a special guest on the show. We'll be talking with Jacqueline Shadid. She is part of the 1% of female certified financial planners, multiple business owner, keynote speaker, and she has a book, a New York Times bestseller titled Money, Planning, and Positivity. Currently in Atlanta, sometimes Sacramento, Jacqueline has been in business for eight years with her company, Jacqueline Plans, and you can find her at JacquelinePlans.com. Her mission is to provide education on the behavioral side of investing. She has an an incredible story and and displays a a true passion for helping others. Trading Ascension listeners, stay tuned. We will ascend today. So like we hate to drive through, let's get it in. Jacqueline, welcome to the Trading and Ascension podcast. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. And hey, Trading Ascension family. I'm excited to be here today and I hope I can share some good gems with you. Awesome. Wonderful. So um, let's just kind of start from the beginning Um, and I'll keep it real basic as we get into it. So first off, what is a certified financial planner? Ah, good question. So I'll share a little bit of background really quickly. Uh, I grew up in Northern California, outside of Sacramento on a thousand acre ranch. Long story short, the property was sold out from under my family. And so my mother received an inheritance early of like 1.4 million. Um, She lost all of that money within about four years due to poor financial advice. So what happened was my mother went to a guy who she went to high school with and He was like, yeah, I'm a financial advisor now. What do you need? And she was like, oh, I want to put some money away for my kids to go to college. And that was the only thing that they really talked about, aside from her buying a house. So fast forward, you know, four years after that conversation, she's lost all of the money that she inherited. I'm sitting there like, what happened? I do not understand. Can you help explain this to me? And my mom really didn't know what happened exactly. She couldn't really explain it. And I had a problem with that. So yeah. I on Google was like, somebody's got to know about investing in stocks and health insurance because I never had health insurance. And somebody's got to know about retirement planning and budgeting because I know we never had a budget. Either we had it or we didn't have it. So I came across the certified financial planner designation and I was like, oh, OK, so this is a person who knows about real estate investing and who can understand credit and who can tell me how health insurance or car insurance works and, uh, you know, most importantly, how to invest. 
because I knew that being able to invest was going to bring us financial freedom at a certain point. And so when I came across that certified financial planner designation, I was like, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So a certified financial planner is an individual who has taken an oath to work in their client's best interest to help them achieve their financial goals. Awesome. That is a a great thing to to be as well as an incredible story. Um, so I, I love your your motiv- your uh, motivation um, for getting there. So quick side note, because it's, you know, I hear ranch, I think a farm where there was it just a ranch area or did you actually have animals? Huh? Yeah, we had animals. <laughs> I grew up raising horses and then we used to have almost anything you can think of on the property. Horses, I mean, cows, chickens, had a whole garden. It's very different. If you met me today, I live in a high rise condo in Atlanta and you just would never guess, really. People are always very surprised <laughs> by that. I, I raised a sheep one year for 4-H um, and cried when we had to take it to the butcher. So <laughs> that was my childhood. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're happy to have you giving value in your, your domain now. So, you know, you, you've taken this oath to, to help clients. And, and my first question is, what are some of the biggest uh, mental or psychological challenges your, your clients face when you're trying to help them reach their financial goals? You know, the biggest one that I've really noticed in the last year or so um, has been financial trauma. So I've always dealt with that, but everything has just really blown up uh, during COVID. And so what I've realized is one of the biggest issues that clients have or prospective clients have is they don't feel like they deserve wealth. They don't feel like building wealth is in their grasp. They don't feel like trading is for them just because of the way that they've grown up, the things that they've seen. Um, you know, a lot of the way that you feel about yourself, the way that you see the world is actually developed before the age of seven years old. Right. Which is really crazy to think about, right? Because it's like you're seven, you're so young, like you haven't experienced anything yet. But so much of your confidence is actually built up in those really early years. So, what I realize is a lot of people have experienced financial trauma and that just holds them back from even wanting to pursue luxury or wealth or trading. Yeah, I, I can totally get that. And so financial drama, um, what what else? So as far as fallacies or misconceptions, when people come to you and you're directing them to improve, what are some of the other maybe misconceptions or just uh, erroneous thinking patterns that you see? Um, the typical misconception of buy low, sell high, right? It's very it's very basic math. If you want to make money on an investment, you've got to buy it at a good price and it's got to go up and you've got to sell it at an even better price. And a lot of times the way that our brain works, we want to sell something on the decline. Because we're like, oh, no, it's going down. We don't know how much more it's going to go down. So this is the time to sell when that should be a time to buy. So I know that a lot of times people get that mixed up. And that's an ongoing thing, right? Working through your emotions while trading, that's that's ongoing. It's not just one time. So I think that that's a, another common misconception that just um, you know really hurts people trying to make money in the uh, stock market. 
Yeah, for sure. And and that, you, you know, you brought up a, a big point because it's not just a one-time thing. Um, as you're helping individuals, is it similar to trading to where they may come back a few months later with worries and concerns? Because in trading, you face these emotions every day until you're able to, to overcome them because they never go away. It, do you see that same thing in your clients? Does it kind of linger on until they finally can can overcome it for, you know, weeks and months? I mean, luckily, I provide a hands-on service, so I'm taking the trading out of my client's hands. Um, I'm not doing any short-term trading in their portfolios, but I take it out of their hands. So they may still come to me with concerns, but they're not actively doing any trading typically. So most of the time, I take on that burden for them. Gotcha. Yeah, and that's that's super helpful. They can kind of set it and forget it. So, um, great point you made, and I, I didn't hit on this. What um, what do you do for your clients? What do you do for them, and what is the goal that you try to uh, reach for each client, client you have? So, my goal is to work with first generation millionaires. I provide comprehensive financial planning and investment management. So, my clients come to me with questions about everything from purchasing a home to purchasing a car to, you know, how do I give to my family members and how do I work on my legacy plan? We talk about everything, you know, and this includes the investments as well. So I, I'm providing them with a service of everything from managing their portfolio to having conversations with them and their grandparents about uh, passing their money. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, with that goal, I've also heard you say the goal is peace of mind for people. How does, you know, taking your advice and working with you, how does that equate to peace of mind? Good question. So Pew Research did a study and they said that people are not happier with more money. The point in which that happiness changes is about sixty-five to $70,000 a year. So what they found is that somebody who makes sixty-five to seventy thousand dollars per year typically has all of their needs met. Once oh. you start making beyond that, you're not necessarily happier. So I ha- I help my clients in a sense, especially with COVID. Honestly, you know that's why I, ri- I wrote the book Money Planning and Positivity because during COVID I realized that people were starting to really understand like okay, it doesn't matter if I make $200,000 a year, it's not making me any happier. So what I'm working through with them is helping them to achieve peace of mind because like I said, the financial trauma that they've experienced keeps them, holds them back from doing so. Wow. Yeah, and that's powerful. And I'm I'm glad you mentioned the book because I definitely wanted to touch on that. Um, I want to dive into what it's about, but first off, what was the motivation? What, what made you decide to actually write this book? Oh, it was COVID. It was, it was COVID <laughs> all the way. That's when I wrote it. Um, I actually wrote it and got it published pretty quickly, but you know, there's a lot of things that, that really propelled me to write the book, but honestly, COVID was that last catalyst, you know, for me, Um, You know, the book is literally called Money Planning and Positivity, like straight to the point. I ended up adopting that term on social media, um, maybe like 2018-ish or 2019. It somehow just ended up in my bio because I realized there's so many people who are unhappy who are chasing money. And so when I first acknowledged that money planning and positivity needed to be a real thing, 
was back when my mother inherited her money. So when she inherited her money, you know, we never had a time in life where things were steady. The money was always fluctuating and therefore the emotions were always fluctuating. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think that life needed to be that up and down, both financially and mentally. And so I wrote this book as it's a very basic. I want people to really review it actually once a year because it's very just basic, straight to the point of like, sometimes we just need a reminder. Sometimes we just need the motivation, a few keys to keep us going. And so in that book, I actually have you write in the beginning what wealth means to you. Before you read the book, just write down really quickly a sentence or two about what wealth means to you. And then at the end of the book, I ask you that same question and I give you space to write it again. I think that there's a lot of power in writing. And I think that a lot, like a lot of things in life, you get out what you put into it. So that book is meant to help stabilize and motivate people. That's, that's wonderful. And so of course, trading Ascension listeners, you're going to have links where you're able to find the book, but uh, Amazon on your website um, are places we can get this book, right? Amazon, super easy. Cool. Awesome. And again, we'll have, we'll have links to that. Um, you, you know, you mentioned a key point and I know from your perspective and your experience, you may have a, an answer that is more similar to what individuals put at the end of the book. So I want to ask you, what is, what does wealth mean to you? Yeah. So wealth means to me, the ability to live life on my terms. And my terms are, I want to be stress-free and I want to be able to give back to others. So I realized that building wealth is a game and I want to teach people to be able to play the wealth building game. And in the end of that, I want that to be able to help bring you peace of mind and and comfort in your life. Wonderful. That's a, a great definition. And so you say game, and I know in trading or just in, in finances, even when you're talking to your millionaire clients, they may be like, you know what, money, it's so serious. They got these heavy emotions tied to it. And when you say it's a game, they're like, oh, I, I can't get down with that. So mm-hmm. explain that. What do you mean it's a game? It's a game, right? So when I first realized that it was a game was when I was 19 years old and I went to go get my first credit card. So quick story, I, at 18 years old, was like, you know what? I think I want to buy a house one day. I really don't know how to do that. I'm kind of hearing about this thing called credit. And mind <laughs> you, this, this is post-2008. So I do what anybody does, right? You call on your natural market. So I asked my aunt, I was like, hey, like, I think I want to build credit. Like, I've heard, you know, of course, we've all seen credit cards, had credit cards thrown at us before, I was like, you know what? Let me figure this out. So I asked my aunt, I'm like, hey, I want to build credit. Like, how do I do that? She said, I have absolutely no idea. And mind you, this is a woman who at one point was a millionaire. Wow. Because she, she lost all of her money as well. So I asked her, you know, what do I do? She said, I have no idea. Go figure it out. I'm like, okay, cool. So I called my mom and I said, hey, you know, my mom at one point, she was a millionaire too. She lost all her money by that point. So I called her up and said, hey, Think about getting a credit card. Like I want to have credit and like I'm trying to figure out how to go about that. She said, okay, this is what you do. I get really excited. I'm like, yes, she knows. I've been trying to figure this out for the last week or so. So 
She says, look, this is what you do. She said, you go down, you get the credit card. I'm like, yes. <laughs> she says, you take that credit card and you put that credit card in a bowl of water. I'm like, what? Okay, you're starting to lose me. She's like, yeah, so you take that bowl of water with that credit card and you put it in the freezer and you freeze it and you never touch it. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. She has no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> Hang up the phone. I used to bank with Bank of America. So I went down to Bank of America and I said, hey, I think I need a credit card. Walked in, was able to get an approval. Um, and so that was my first experience with personal finance and really starting to take accountability. So once I got that card, you know, they're like, hey, only use it for gas or only use it for groceries and pay it off and build your credit and da da da. And so that's when I first realized that building wealth is a game. I said, oh, they only want to give money to people who don't really need money so that they can get their money back. Mm. Oh, and this is how a FICO score works. They want me to do this and do that so that it looks good so that they want to give me money. Oh, okay. So that's when I started figuring out that building wealth is a game. And you got to figure out how to play the game. You got to figure out how to play the stock market game. And maybe some of that is is a way to deflect um, because like you said, all of this stuff is very serious. It can be very uh, like dragging on your system, right? You could get super, super cynical about trading. Um, right. But if you look at it as a game, it's just something that you need to to win. There's some obstacles that you need to overcome. And if you believe that the goal at the end of the day is bigger than the obstacles that you need to work through, then I think that you're going to be successful. And so, you know, I learned that building wealth was a game a long time ago. And so I try to help teach people how to play the game. That's wonderful. And I, I definitely get that, especially when you know the rules, just like any game, there's a, a start and end and a rule um, to it. So that makes total sense. So, uh, you know, the book's interactive. I'm sure there's a phenomenal amount of growth to take from it. But when someone puts the the, the book down, um, if you could, is there one takeaway from the book that you're you're aiming for them to reach? One takeaway from the book. I really want them to evaluate what they want their life to look like, because a lot of times you find people on two opposite ends of the spectrum. I find people who first get into personal finance and they err on the side of that like cheapskate Dave Ramsey, penny pinchers kind of vibe where they're like, why would you go to the club and buy a $300 bottle when it costs $300 and I could invest that $300? You're right. You're so right. That is so knowledgeable of you. I'm so glad that you understand and you recognize that and you're not just impulsively spending. But it's also a piece of wisdom to know that, oh, I haven't seen, you know, this friend in two years and we're able to go out and, and buy a $300 bottle and have a good time. Um, and it's within my my budget. It's within what I can spend. Right. So I find people who are on that end of the spectrum of like, hey, you know, this is expensive. Why would you even do that? Why would you, you know, I'm just here penny pinching. And I I don't think that that's the best way to live your life because you're always questioning your spending habits and that dictates your entire life. And so I find people on that end of the spectrum and I find them on the other end of the spectrum where they're completely impulsive and they are just spending wildly, not saving, 
Um, we, we come across that a lot, right? Where people are making good money, but they're living paycheck to paycheck. So there was a, a survey that just came out, some research that was just done that said that 60% of millennials making over $100,000 are living paycheck to paycheck. That's not how that's supposed to be. So find yeah. people that are on that end of the spectrum. So what I want people to take from this book is really that there is a healthy balance to everything that you do. I, at the beginning of my career, I surveyed a bunch of people, a bunch of advisors in the Financial Planning Association of Georgia. And I just simply asked like, hey, if you had advice for your younger self, what would that be? And the median answer was always, I wish I had invested more into relationships when I was younger and been less career hungry because they realized that they would have been happier individuals. Wow. And so I really took that to heart and was like, yeah, people need to hear this. Yeah, I, I really love those points because clarity is, is huge and it's hard for us to have that that roadmap and reach our goals without it. And then you mentioned life balance, which is super huge, especially for, for us traders, um, because we're learning the new skills. Sometimes you can get way over overworked, you know, just focusing on that. And, and like you mentioned, you know, from those people, there's things that we need to sacrifice in the now for for future gain. But happiness isn't one of those. So that, that's powerful. Um, I definitely will be checking out that book. I um I want to talk about a pattern that I'm hearing and what you're saying, and it's about making money or keeping it. Um, and and you've mentioned just a few people who have lost money. So from your perspective, what what's more difficult, making that first million or keeping it, um, and, and why? I think that making it is more difficult because there's less people who are making that million dollars, um, and so. I think that you have this same phenomenon that you have with with most millionaires, right, where um, it's actually a generational wealth thing, you know, and they say that the uh, the wealth skips a generation. Right. Because they say, you know, if your children inherit it from you, they're not going to take care of it like you did. And so then it won't be there to pass on to their grandchildren. That that happens all the time. Mm. So I think that it's. It's evident, right? How many billionaires are, you know, self-made? A lot of them because they realize that it takes a certain amount of business acumen and a certain amount of discipline in order to keep that money, but also to make it. So I think that honestly making it is the most difficult part, um, especially in the black community, which is where a lot of my clients are. It's making that first amount of money. Um, and I really realized that when I took my business more digital over the last couple of years, more people reach out to me about making that million dollars than about keeping it. Gotcha. Yeah, and that's awesome. And so it brings me to the, the next point, because I have this conversation, sometimes it's an argument. Um, and I'll preface it with this. You know, when I started trading, my goal was uh, to reach a, a professional level, meaning that um, I wasn't just retail. I was trading others' money, company money versus my own. Um, you've you've done both. Um, what would you say is is more difficult, I guess, from a psychological standpoint? Is it trading with others' money or is it trading with your own or, or just investing or, or trading uh, your own money versus others? I mean, being completely transparent, we all have a an emotional attachment to our money. 
So I would be lying if I didn't say that it made it harder to trade my money. Um, because, you know, I have to stay disciplined as well. It's pretty easy for me to stay disciplined with my clients' money, right? Because we've agreed on a certain asset allocation and we've right. agreed on a certain trading cadence. And I'm over here. I could technically do anything that I want, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay disciplined. I'm going to stick to what's worked, what's been proven. You know, I've been investing over 10 years now. So, I've seen a few things. And so I realized, you know, pulling my money with my client's money and sticking to the plan is what works best. Wow. I, I totally get that. And that's kind of my, my side of that discussion as well. So I love that you work with millionaires, but you also have a lot of information that's out there for people who are trying to make that first million or people who just don't have a lot of money. So I want to just talk some some uh, scenarios. So I'm a new trader, just learning the craft. You know, the money isn't coming yet. I may maybe still have a job. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. What are some feasible steps I can take to improve my situation? I'm going to say a couple of things. One is going to be making sure that you have the education, you have the information. Um, I don't know if you have a course that you can recommend, Jason. If you don't, I, I have a couple in mind. But my recommendation is for you to to go through some formal training mm. because YouTube videos and Googling, I think can only take you so far. I think you need to take an actual course on it. And thank you to all the digital creators out there. <laughs> there's plenty of, of options for, <laughs> no pun intended. There's plenty of options <laughs> for, <laughs> for different courses that you can take. And so it's just like with anything that you learn, you need to dedicate time to it and you need that education. And then once you have it, it's it's just the discipline. It's the fact of making time for it. So I would say get, get some more formal structured education and then build a schedule for yourself. Mm, that's powerful. And so we will be having the, the Trading Ascension Mastermind opening up soon. But what I also do is I, I want to hear your recommendations. So I'm going to put those in your, your bio as well to make sure individuals can find them as they're looking up your information. So we'll, we'll do both for you listeners. All right. So, so the other scenario is I've got my craft down, you know, just had my first 10K month. Should I be doing similar things or something different to, to just reach higher financial goals? So... I sit in the I sit in the camp of if you want what you've always gotten, keep doing what you've been doing. But if you want something different, change up your environment, change up what you're doing. And it's really difficult, right? Because we get in these routines or we get into these ruts and it's like, oh, I'm going to keep doing what I've always done, even though now my mind is expanding and my mind sees these different opportunities. But my body and my bank account aren't following. And it's usually because we just need a new environment. We need a change of scenery. We need to join a community of like-minded people. We need other traders and other people who are building wealth together. And that's why we created the Melon and Millionaires Club, because I believe that people need to be around other people who are doing what they want to do. Excellent. And so I know we were, we were, contemplating it, but is there anything as far as the, the millionaire club, the melanin millionaire club that you might be able to offer to entice people to go check it out? Yeah, absolutely. I, I can get you guys a discount code to get started. 
um, which will be good for the next 60 days after we post this interview. Um, because I, I honestly think that it is really hard for you to build wealth by yourself. I genuinely think that is a team sport and you need a team of people around you. Yeah, that's good stuff. So yeah, we'll have a discount code in the link All my melanated friends. You definitely want to go check that out. So, so this has been phenomenal. And one thing I've been doing this season, Jacqueline, is I've been trying to get the energy of myself as well as my listeners to add to the vision of my guest. So um, I'll, I'll phrase the question this way, which is similar to, to how I always do. And it's um, everyone who resonates with your message, you can snap your finger and they instantly have an understanding. Um, what is that understanding? What do they know that you can can really transfer to them instantly? What is that message? It's their confidence and it's them knowing that they can achieve anything that they see other people achieving. So if their goal is to have that million dollar portfolio, I would snap my fingers and, you know, be able to transfer to them that they can do that. They can achieve that. That's one of the biggest things that I hear in the Million and Millionaires Club is just people don't have the confidence to do things. And so if I could snap my fingers, I would give you the confidence to take control of your financial future because just like you've seen other people do it and you've heard other stories, you can do it too. Yeah, that's awesome. And so the 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 one step further, you've gotten this information. Everyone has this confidence and we can say the world or just even a small sector. Let's just say, you know, everyone in, in Georgia, everyone in Atlanta, everyone here in, in uh, the Mountain West, they understand this message. What does the environment look like? What does the world look like with people holding this this information and this understanding? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? You went out. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. What does the world look like if a majority of people have that understanding and that confidence? How does it change the environment from what it looks like now? Wow. I mean, hopefully we would be able to tackle some more worldwide problems, you know, be able to cut down on poverty and the amount of people who are out there, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and ultimately suffering. You know, we had a lot of kids who went through a lot of financial hardship and are still going through that throughout COVID. And so if we had a world where, you know, people were making more money, I think that there's certain things that we could we could heal in the world. That's awesome. Well, this has been phenomenal. Again, Trading Ascension listeners, go to the website. You'll be able to check out links um, so you can find Jacqueline and, and tap into her wisdom. Also find her book, which is that New York Times bestseller. Um, I appreciate you. Um, I love what you're doing. Jacqueline, thank you for joining me on the Trading Ascension podcast. Thanks for having me, Jason. Thank you for listening. This show was really fun to create, and I'm blessed to be positioned to discuss these topics with you. Um, if you enjoyed and if you benefited from our time together, give this podcast a positive vote, a like, or whatever the platform that you're listening on provides, and I'd really appreciate that. Share this podcast with a trader that you want to see grow into success. And then check out TradingAscension.com for blogs on the trading mindset and trading psychology. You can reach me there as well. Don't miss out on the free trading psychology course. There is nothing like it, and it will no doubt enhance your trading business and results. Now, you'll find videos and links to the masterclass on the website, TradingAscension.com. So go get it now. And last thing, remember to be the hero of your story. <laughs>